the dawn of civilization. Primitive, dangerous, exciting. The handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs the most civilized caveman I have ever seen. Ah, look who's come out of his cave. Hey everyone, thank you for joining us. This is James from Cave Dweller Music. I am joined by my co-host Brendan. And today we have Schaefer and Jared from the uh, Santa Rosa uh, Stoner Psych Band, Dear Lord. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate you guys taking the time and uh, for joining us. Thanks for having thank us. Thank you. Man. Yeah, glad to of be course. here. Of course. Yeah. Um, do you want to just tell anyone who doesn't really know your music, uh, what the band is about and what you guys do in the band? We're uh, heavy, psychedelic stoner doom rock and roll whatever band uh <laughs> however you want to categorize it doom and roll and uh yeah yeah and um i'm schaefer i play guitar and i sing i'm jared i play bass and then ryan is uh there was a mix-up on the dates and ryan uh we thought he was coming but he might show up I don't know if he'll show up, but uh, I think that we've mixed up the dates on this uh, this interview. So, where uh, he might show up, and uh, he plays drums. Okay, <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I think we we all mixed up the date on that one, but it worked out <laughs> for yeah, the most part. So. Uh, obviously, we wanted to have you on because you just released Dark Matter Part One. Um, that is your debut full length album uh, that came out on February third. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that and? Uh, where people can pick that up and listen to that yeah yeah that uh that's part one of a part of a two-part album series we're doing uh we're gonna do six songs and then another six songs for part two at some point uh we wrote these songs a long time ago uh ryan and i wrote them together a long time ago and uh we've just it's been kind of a long road getting to where we're at now um because we re-recorded the album probably three times i think uh with like different people until we got to the point where we just wanted to do it on our own and uh so we did it on our own and uh shortly after that um we went through a few lineup changes and everything and now we got old jared with us here and nice. uh, <laughs> and we're uh, <laughs> and we're just uh you know we're uh, now that everything's you know recorded and everything it makes it a lot easier or a lot yeah a lot easier to teach it all to Jared and get him up to speed and we'll be able to have everything playable hopefully really soon. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. Jared, what were you uh, doing before you, you joined up with the band? Uh, I was playing uh, a couple other bands, whatnot. Uh, we weren't playing a lot of shows, whatnot. So I was kind of looking to find something a little more active. And uh, I'm actually more into like death metal and black metal. And I thought, okay, this was a very good i like to challenge myself so playing a different style um really helps with that and uh -huh. i really enjoyed it i play i saw them live one time and i was like you need a bass player because <laughs> i knew the bass player was leaving and they were like oh the sound guy is gonna uh, the sound guy of the show is gonna play the play bass for them and then that was like what a few years ago that was a few years ago yeah and then uh, he hit me up a little over what two years ago and then uh yeah, we met at a music video. We were there was a right. music video shoot for our buddy, our buddy's band, and we met there, and we just started talking music and everything. And he's like, "Yeah, we should play music sometime." And then I kept <laughs> that, I kind of just kept that in my head. I'm like, "Yeah, I met that guy. He was cool." And now we need a bass player, and he had asked about it. So 
yeah let's do it awesome um what what would you say is like sort of the biggest difference between playing black and death metal bass versus uh like stoner psych type stuff um i mean i've always you know i've always been to like groove stuff you know so it's not like you know i was specifically to, to that stuff but uh mm-hmm. um it definitely challenges me as far as like uh writing the bass lines and whatnot which is great speed uh, what's that speed is it yeah. like you know playing black and death metal i bet you like it's like so much more faster and then you got you know your more mellow kind of style yeah yeah and then which is great because that gives me time to actually like write some creative riffs mm-hmm. for the songs which is something i really enjoy doing so seeing uh you know those come to fruition while we're playing live is great like well you know shaper's playing solo i have some bass parts that come through help out and uh i really enjoy doing that so awesome yeah. oh and just before i forget to do this i just wanted to thank ryan foster from monster riff for actually connecting me with you guys that dude's dude's awesome um, oh yeah dude yeah He's appreciate everything he does for the stoner doom scene definitely hell yeah that guy's great man that guy's been helping us out since well i wouldn't say the early stages like i i started talking to him when uh dark matter was being recorded and everything and right showing him my other side projects and stuff and he was super into it so yeah that guy super super helpful with the scene and uh you know getting stuff promoted online he's I mean, I love his page, Slightly Fuzzed. It's like... Yes, fantastic. Little, the goofy little jokes and everything he comes up with. Fucking awesome. Yeah, he's uh he's got those like uh, comedy articles now that are kind of like uh, hard yeah. times type stuff just based on stone things. I, I love those. Uh, good, good I love that, lines. Yeah. yeah. No, he's he's got a he's got a good little platform going. It's... I think it's... I think it was really smart of him to call it Slightly Fuzzed Records. Yeah, I think so I'm too. Like, a lot of people follow that <laughs> you know like yeah. a lot of bands a lot of bands i think follow pages because it says it's a record thing right and then they get there and they see that they're like oh this is cool too like yeah, exactly you know, yeah it's on a record it's... label but this is just as cool I and mean, there's not much of that out there in the stoner rock scene so that's probably, right it's smart. So, pretty cool. followed for the label stay for the comedy exactly. um, but uh yeah we we actually have like a partnership with um with him and uh monster uh sorry monster riff um yeah, he, he connected us yeah connected us with them and every now and then we just like republish some of their stuff because they have some really good content and uh yeah totally. good dudes both of them it's um, a good little trifecta the three of you guys That's yeah yeah we, we've like kind of formed those partnerships with a couple of people like uh we have a really good relationship with uh have you heard of fuzz Uh-uh. they're a um spanish language uh blog from mexico that just covers mexican stoner and psych okay. and uh yeah, we have like uh the dude that runs at Mac is like an awesome dude and uh d- puts a lot of love into his, like the Mexican scene. So we uh we republish his stuff in like English and Spanish so we can kind of give more exposure to that Mexican stoner scene because there's so much good music coming out of there just doesn't get covered by bigger sites. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, it's it's cool to see the uh the scenes that every country has and how yeah. they all influence each other. But like you know, it's they're so far away from each other and some of them can't get on social media the way that others can and. Right. So that's cool. That's cool. There's like a translation thing there. It's uh, it's kind of interesting how like some of the countries that have like developed scenes in the last few years, like uh, Norway, has like a massive like fuzz scene now. Like that, I never saw that coming at all because everyone thinks Norway black metal. Like no one thinks like Norway stoner stoner doom. But it's like there's all these great bands coming out of there now. Yeah. Yeah. Same with Sweden. Sweden has always had. I mean, they've always had like a you know ever since Truck Fighters was around, they 
they've, I think, yeah, had a huge following ever since, probably way before that. But, um, but yeah, it's it's interesting seeing like desert rock, Caius driving cars in the desert kind of stuff. When you hear it, when you hear bands from Norway, you know, yeah. snow, snow rock, yeah, snow rock, snow rock, snow rock. <laughs> exactly. Like it's it's interesting because they they nail it they nail it so hard and uh but they're not they're so far removed from anything desert like you know like right mm, yeah it's interesting it's cool though because it comes out in every band every band like where they're from i think it kind of reflects in their music you know a little bit definitely so it's cool you know yeah it's kind of cool because like i mean obviously like the streaming thing's been hurtful in some ways but it's kind of awesome how exposed the world is now to like different scenes, just thanks to the streaming platforms, like any band, like, you know, a band from some small town in Indonesia can be listened to by some guy in America, like in New York or something. I, I love that, that aspect of it. Totally. Yeah. The yeah, social media has come a long, a long way with promoting bands that could never get that kind of exposure before. Like there right. are all those artists and everything in Indonesia. And it seems like a lot of those artists that do a lot of the artwork for, you know, smaller bands and yeah, Indonesian you know, all that. massive, like, massive mm-hmm. industry there for sure. Yeah. Indonesia is like metal's massive, like uh, brutal death metal, especially is like and slam, like absolutely huge in uh, oh. Indonesia. We um, so outside, like once a month, we do something called like a, a theme week where we just only look at music from like a particular country. Um, and like we do, we always do countries that people don't listen to as much. So we do like Indonesia, we have like a Brazil one, uh, like Turkey. And then this week we're doing Singapore, but like uh, that's how we come across a lot of like kind of figuring out what seeds different countries have. But yeah, interesting. Singapore is like they're they got like they're really strict there, so it's surprising to see that there's like a stoner rock scene. Isn't that isn't that where well, you like, can like be put to death for having weed? Yes, yeah. Now, Sing- Singapore, I I don't see like many stoner or psych bands or any of that stuff. It's a lot of like um, a lot of black metal and a lot of crust punk. Uh, and grindcore stuff yeah um, yeah in it's indonesia weird. it's like weed's fully illegal it's death penalty um type thing yeah that's where it is indonesia fucking death yeah. penalty for weed uh it's indonesia it's singapore and malaysia all three of those countries have the uh the death penalty for so it's like a stoner rock band but that that's like actually pretty dangerous to be in a stoner rock band then like, <laughs> yeah, get, yeah. Get yeah. singing about it <laughs> like i've never actually tried it but i like it exactly weed adjacent <laughs> yeah i've heard i've heard videos that weed's pretty cool so we're gonna sort of <laughs> it's fucking cool no it's cool though that they have it there you know well i mean okay so you guys obviously are based in, in santa rosa you guys have some there's some pretty cool bands from that area um have you ever played with uh lord mountain yeah, we just did a show with them. Yeah, we just did a show with Lord Mountain uh, for their album release show. Awesome! Uh, yeah, it was cool. There, those guys are really cool. Um, yeah, I think I think it's all the guys in the band are tattoo artists at this shop. That's like the shop is called Faith Tattoo, and it's like right right around the corner from this bar where we shot our music video, The Dirty, and uh, we play shows there. My my buddy Cody owns it, and. Um, it's like a tight knit little community. It's cool. Like the the tattoo shop is right there with all the Lord Mountain guys, and then the Dirty is right there, and it's a really cool bar. And we play shows there, and there's another little bar up the street from there. And we play shows there, and it's it's cool. Like Lord Mountain doesn't play all that often, I think, because okay. they're 
bass players in Oregon or their drummer. Oh, okay. So, uh, so when we get to play with them, it's kind of it's kind of cool because all the people from their little tribe come out, and all the people from our group come out, and nice, it's pretty supportive. It's nice. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. those guys are awesome they do that sort of like epic doom the more old school traditional uh like doom metal stuff but it's good shit yeah. um who, who else like uh, who else in your area is worth checking out any other bands people should know about uh you should definitely check out coffin hunters they're friends of ours they're super great band okay yeah coffin hunters are fucking sick it's like they're almost like a newer take on i always thought that they sound like dio like dio right. rainbow nice. that kind of stuff like I think that, I mean, I don't know, wouldn't you agree? I think he sounds just like Dio, dude. I mean, yeah, he's got an exceptional voice. I don't know, I don't, you think the music sounds like Dio? Not so much the music. is like, The music is a little bit thrashier, a little bit more like power metal, kind of, but... They're... It's mid-tempo, like, I guess mid-tempo power metal? Yeah, like mid-tempo okay. power metal, like with rock and roll, kind of like... That's what I say, like, that's what I mean with like Rainbow and Dio, is like they have kind of like that you know the galloping riffs and stuff like that and yeah right 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 so influenced by like in uh nwobhm type stuff like i maiden type yeah, uh, galloping yeah. riffage for sure definitely yeah they're it's cool they just like every show that they play they have a new a new little thing in their show and like recently they brought synth into their show and so there's oh, nice. like a little chord synth board and he's you know <laughs> crazy notes and stuff and it's just really really cool falsetto screams and stuff like that that he can hit it's just yeah we play a lot of shows with them and uh yeah those guys are definitely worth checking out from around here there's also like um who else there's one band we haven't played with them but they're old friends of mine m section uh they're okay. from uh they're from well they're from santa rosa now but uh they're like kind of like silly goofy uh thrash but not thrash it's like punk Okay. Kind of like no effects mixed with like uh <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I'm looking at their albums right now. Like yeah. uh cross crossover type stuff. Yeah, but they're really, really, really good. Like they're really technical and everything okay. they have is solid. But uh yeah, I'd like to play with them. I actually used to live with the bass player, so they're they're old friends of mine. I've known those guys a long time, but they're good. They're, they're oh, nice. worth checking out. I know um, it's funny you just mentioned Dio as well, because I know there's a band from San Francisco uh, and the least thing that reminds me a lot of Dio when he had said notes, um, Hellfire. Oh yeah. Hellfire. Yeah. That, I, easy I, writer, or writing easy records. We, the singer, is it the singer of Hellfire? I don't know. One of the guys from Hellfire is in this band we played with space vacation. Okay. Uh, but I know, I think it's the bass player. When their vocalist hit some of those high notes, he reminds me a lot of Dio. Uh, he can hit those like super high like power chords and stuff. Definitely check out Coffin Hunters because he hits that like on point. Yeah. Okay. To a T. Uh, Wake the Dead. Is it what? Is it Wake the Dead? Yeah, Wake that's, the Dead. Yeah, that's the latest one I think. Yeah, they just nice. they just released yeah. it on. I don't know who they're. Was it No Dust? I think it's No Dust Records. They released it on, and uh, they just got their vinyl the other day, so that's going to be available pretty soon. Awesome. I have to pick one of those up, but uh, I know they've been working real hard on that album. But those guys are those guys are great, man. Are you guys planning to do a, a vinyl release of, uh, of your album, or is it just going to be stay uh, CD and digital? Um, it's uh, it's something that we'd really like to do. It's really expensive. Um, yeah, yeah. And there's a there's a few people we're talking to to get something solidified. 
Um, but if we do something, it might, it'll probably incorporate both part one and two in some way. Um, I was going to ask that. Yeah. Yeah. But we're not, we're not entirely sure. We don't really want to say anything definitive, uh, about what's going to happen with vinyl yet until we can yeah. actually, cause it's like a year out. Like you have to like start planning like a year out for something like that. And, uh, right. vinyl's just really, really hard to get right now. So, uh, um, yeah you know, good plan of attack on it. We got to come up with. We spoke to someone, I think it was last week, who said that they managed to find a couple of places that are down to like a four month wait now instead of uh, like a year. So I think mm-hmm. a few places now are starting to like finally catch up a little bit, but for a long time, it's been like 12 to 18 month wait, which is insane. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. And it's astronomical cost. Like, yeah, it's so fucking expensive. So, so yeah, we'd like to do it. But uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's kind of a rocky road, but we we'd love to do it though. Totally get it. Yeah, it's the thing. The thing is, as well, it's like for some of those smaller labels, it's like such a risk with with a vinyl like run because there's just so mm-hmm. much cost tied up in it and like such a wait period that if it if it kind of like if it, if you do a big batch and it fails or flops and no one buys it, you can like go bankrupt as a label basically. Yeah, right. That's why you see pop up like these pop up labels that just come out of nowhere and they're, they just start recruiting people and then they owe a bunch of money and the band owes a bunch of money. And it's like, then they get like, they, they do like the cost, like split. However, they split the money. It's, it can get kind of hairy. So, yeah, but yeah, it's not not fun. Yeah. It is cool that there's like labels out there right now that are like, you know, uh, offering that for bands that are smaller bands and it's all thanks to, social media you know pre-orders are a big thing you're hey we're announcing this and then you like toss around the mock-ups and then people are like fuck yeah i want to buy that and then um you know then you solidify you know your order being you know paid for and you're not swallowing a shit ton of costs on stock you know taking or taking a risk up front because you know that people are actually buying it type thing well right yeah Yeah, exactly yeah like big pre-orders and stuff and yeah yeah GoFundMe has become really popular for that too. I've noticed like a lot of people doing like GoFundMe or like um, sponsor type thing to try and get the cost of the vinyl up front uh, from fans and then doing the print and and everything. So I guess it's like, you can only really do that if you have like a really established fan base. So, you know, they've been around for a while type thing. It helps. But then you get some of those artists that are like, you know, have you heard anything about the Winter Sun stuff? Mm -mm. So have you ever heard of the band Winter Sun? Yeah, I haven't. It's metal. You wouldn't know. (laughs) (laughs) they were like they had like one really (laughs) legendary album like i don't know what would it be like 30 years back now something like that um and then they kind of didn't do anything for like a really long time and they came back and they did a part two but then they did a massive crowdfund thing for like a part three like in the series um this is gonna do oh we're gonna do these bunch of albums and they, they took everyone's money it's been like years now and i still haven't put anything out and like they always oh, post yeah. about new stuff coming and then all the comment sections of fans just giving them shit like <laughs> what is like what, what happened with the money we gave you like where's the album like you said this should be done by now so it's like yeah it's kind of sketchy yeah. <laughs> yeah it sucks i've seen so i think it's earache is doing it they're doing a thing now where they advertise for a vinyl and they get everyone to put orders in and if they don't get enough money for it they don't do it they just give people their money back, I guess. Oh, okay. Well, that's an interesting so, concept. Another way of doing it, or they they advertise it, and if they get enough money to get it going, then you 
get your order. If you don't have, they don't get enough. You just get your money back. Yeah, that's kind of cool. I mean, that's a good concept actually, because then way to do it. yeah, no, no risk to anyone. Right. Exactly. I guess huh. that's kind of what you need. I've heard like with with labels these days and everything, like you need like guaranteed like at least maybe like a hundred to one hundred and fifty people that will spend at least twenty five dollars yeah. on your. Yeah, money, I was gonna. You know? I was gonna say exactly. Yeah, I, um, I participated. Like um, Magnetic Eye Records did that. Like a, uh, a you know GoFundMe um, for the Black Sabbath best of. Um, or it was actually, I think it was the Redux number four. Um, they were doing volume four. And then um, along the way, they got like more money and this and that. And then they like ended up doing a best of, including more bands, you know, like just doing all like their versions of Black Sabbath covers and whatnot. And like, it was cool. It was a wait. And they were really communicating about like, hey, we got this coming up. We're here. We're there. Hey, sorry, it's been a little bit, but this is what we got going on. And then boom, hey, stuff's coming out we're doing yeah. it this, that you know totally or they'd be like hey this one it. band couldn't commit so we have another band coming in and this and that like and yeah they're all very like very uh as long as it's transparent like you just yeah, want to see that your yeah. money went to something yeah yep. you gotta follow through with it man like yeah 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 and i got beautiful cds and like whatnot yeah it's great there's this artist that i follow um like i, I was just it's been really interesting watching the process of this but he did the he's doing this like uh tarot card deck that he custom designed all of his own designs for and yeah. uh, he, he has this like really cool really detailed super graphic um style he's made these like absolutely badass um tarot cards and uh he's been like go doing gofundme but he's been doing it in tears so he's like um so this much to guarantee, I definitely make them this much to like upgrade the material that they're on this much to like do it in like a limited edition run with like extra vinyl like casing and stuff. So it's kind of a smart way to do it. It's like no matter what, someone's going to get something. But then if like if you raise enough money, you can make it better and better and better. So I, I thought that was kind of a cool way to do it. Is mm. that Fuzz Worshipper? You mean the artist? Yeah. I just I just saw that Fuzz Worshipper was posting a bunch of like tarot card stuff. He doesn't post stuff very often, but um i noticed that he was doing that but maybe i was wrong maybe it's someone else right okay i just saw the fuzzbush point that that is a different uh different design um oh, okay obviously that it might be it's a trend right now that people are making like custom tarot cards and stuff i've seen it around a little bit um mm. i haven't i've seen like different types of tarot cards um i'm not into any of that kind of stuff obviously but yeah i'm not either i would know more if i was but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> That's I appreciate cool. the the art behind it, but like, yeah, I mean, I, I'm yeah, not into yeah. that stuff either. Totally, yeah, dude. It's so we were looking, we were kind of just looking at uh, some, some Santa Rosa stuff on, online before we jumped on this call, and um, we came across a couple of things we wanted to ask you guys about. Um, Brendan, what was the name of that um, public park I found that looked so oh, haunted? Oh, uh, the Jack London State Park. Oh yeah. Yeah, is, is that haunted? haunted? That looks like super haunted <laughs> looking at the pictures. Jack London State Park. Uh that's the one over in is it near Marin? No, it's not near Marin. You know where that is? Petaluma? I just have Jack London in Oakland. Oh <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's different. Um I think I think what yeah, I've I've been if I'm thinking of the same place, I'm thinking of uh my dad and I have been there a bunch of times. And uh oh, it's in Glen Allen. Okay, yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah, it's uh, 
Yeah, Jack London. Yeah, he that was like his farm. And uh, I had a friend who actually played a show there to a bunch of wine people. Um, cool. It was, was kind of like a, it wasn't rock or anything. It was like jazz, you know, that kind of stuff. But he, uh, yeah. like, they'll open up like these million dollar parties for like wine. And, you know, there's a lot of that around here. There's a lot of wine and beer and art and weed and all the stuff that <laughs> makes a lot of money. And uh, they, th- that area is really cool. It's like the, you, you hike in. And you can find his, I think it's called the Bear House. Um, okay. And it's like this massive mansion that he built way, way back in the day. Uh, Jack London had built way back. Yeah. In the day. And it had like a, like a reflection pool in the middle, but it was like a, like an old school kind of, I don't know. It was like an old school pool that you could like swim laps in or whatever, but it was like with his own water thing. And anyway, it had like, it was like a three-story place with like where he was going to have all his parties and all his debauchery and shit. And, uh, and then it burned down, right? Like right when he started it, uh, right when, right when it was finished built. And, uh, so you can go there and you can walk around like the ruins of his like party house. (laughs) It looks haunted when you look at pictures, but like, yeah, it's just like, cause right up the road from there, there's like his mansion and it's like a little museum for him. And, that's a fucking awesome house. Like, yeah, that whole area is beautiful out there. Is farm and everything. That's cool. It's a good hike. Are you guys into to wine at all? Being from that region, or not so much? I mean, I'll drink it, but I won't buy it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's that's me. <laughs> I'm just exactly the same. Yeah. yeah. So if I have like friends or something, they're like, "Oh, we'll go to one of these wineries," and like, "I'll come. I'll, I'll have some, but it's not. I'm not going to buy a bottle type thing." Do, do they serve beer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, that's, I mean, beer is huge around here. I'm not, I don't drink. Yeah. I'm more into the more, definitely more into beer. And uh, we have a lot of good breweries out here. So. Uh, nice. What are some ones we should uh, check out if we're in the area? Uh, There's one that's getting really popular. It's called Hen House. Hen House. Yeah. Okay. And then, uh, I mean, Lagunitas is from here, but you know. They, yeah. They're, yeah. They're famous. Yeah, they got bought out by somebody. I think the same yeah. people um, possibly bought Stone. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, it's funny. You see Lagunitas and like these shows now. Really yeah. We, well, yeah. it's in every single supermarket down in Southern California. Oh, is it really? It's oh, everywhere. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I can't. Yeah. Oh, I can't remember the name. I think it was Sucks. Lagunitas Sucks. It was the, uh, yeah, Lagunitas Sucks. Yeah. Beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That was um, a good one. Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of breweries out here. Um, oh, Old Cas is another one. Uh, have you got the um? Have eight hundred fives made it up that way from Southern California? Uh, yeah, oh. uh, by uh, Firestone. Yeah, that's a good beer. That's like one of my yeah. good favorite session beers. And uh, Scrimshaw is good by North Coast Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that is actually a good one. Yeah, it's, it's kind of because like I'm in San Diego. Obviously, we have like the whole massive brewing scene down here as right, well. Right. So. It's kind of interesting, like the back and forth between like Northern California and Southern California with beers. Yeah, for sure, dude. It's it's weird because I don't drink, but I uh, I drink. used to work for. But, huh? you drink hop water. I drink hop water. Hop water, <laughs> all right, Ex- um, exclusively. Oh god, I love it. It's fucking great because I like sparkling water. I like the flavor of hops. I don't uh-huh. like being drunk. I don't like hangovers. So okay. Uh, 
But I used to work for Budweiser. I used to work for, huh. I used to distribute beer. And like 805 was one of our huge, like Firestone was huge. Minkasi yeah. uh, was huge. Fucking, um, it's been so long though, I can't remember all of them. But yeah, 805, that used to just fly off the shelves when I first came over here. Like, yeah. People love their beer, dude. Oh yeah. 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 West Coast is like, because I, I, obviously I lived in Oregon. I mean, that's like up there, the whole uh northwest like ipa thing um is this massive up in oregon and stuff but the whole west coast is just full of beer and then obviously like brendan your area like the northeast is just like a hot spot for for beer as well it is too yeah there's always like there's over like i'd say around 50 breweries or so in connecticut alone jesus i feel like is it it i mean some of them might have like closed down and this and that the pandemic wasn't kind to a lot of places um but um i work at a brewery and um yeah yeah it's it's crazy it's a it's a lot of you just have to get your stuff out there you know you have to can it you gotta get it in cool packaging you gotta there's a lot of a lot of work a lot of behind the scenes stuff packaging is a big thing for sure yeah it's wild i don't know how many there are in total now but in uh 2021 there were 150 registered breweries in san diego alone (laughs) Dude, it just seems so futile at this point to open a brewery. Like, that would kill. Yeah, yep. dude, it's a saturated market. Unless you had all these in the like, middle of nowhere, like all yeah. these people that were like, "Oh man, I can homebrew," and then they were selling their homebrew out of their garages, and then people were like, "Oh, you should keep doing that," and then they're like, <laughs> yeah. "Hell yeah, yeah, I can now open a brewery," and then yeah. But like the <laughs> thing is, to, you have to kind of stand out in some way if you want to really like last. Like you either have to make like exceptional beer, or you have to have a brewery that's like, you know, like people want to actually go there for a specific reason. Like you have live music that's good, or you have like good food or something. Mm. You have to have a good um the day to day. You have to have a busy tap room, and you got to have a busy like if you have selling food, it's got to be busy. You know. Well, there's so many people brewing around here. Like, I had a buddy who brewed the best. I like. I, I like IPA. It tastes, it, it, I love the flavor, but he made the best fucking IPA I ever had. And he huh. had the money to open a brewery and he had the packaging and he had everything. And he entered a contest in Petaluma, which isn't far from us. And he went up against like the guys who are like friends with the Lagunitas guys. Like, right. He went up against them and beat them and wow. like beat. Like there was like a, I would say maybe like 200 homebrewers that went in and uh, he, I think he came in like third place out of all of them. Like he beat the Lagunitas guys. He beat all of them. I'm like, dude, why don't you open a brewery? He's like, no, that's a horrible idea. Like you got everything you need, man. Like everything you'd possibly need to open a successful brewery. And then you find so many other people that don't have what it takes and they're just popping up everywhere. It's like, yeah. It the just, number of them that are in like uh, industrial sheds now and stuff like, I mean, my favorite brewery in San Diego makes my favorite beer in the city is literally in a shed in a back alley. It's, it's like, that's awesome. it's, it's called anonymous, uh, hop anonymous. It's so fucking good though. It's, like, yeah. It's, it's really good. They yeah, won, they won best beer in San Diego last year, I think. Yeah. And it's expensive so, to make, dude. Like, yeah. 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 There's 109 breweries that are registered in Connecticut. Wow. Damn. As of last month. Yeah. Connecticut's pretty small, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's not like, very big. One of those tiny little. There's like there. basically like a brewery in every city. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Like, 
you can do a, you can do a bar a brewery crawl in Connecticut. Yeah, <laughs> I've been like, yeah, I don't know. Gotta, I uh, gotta hit them all up. There's a big trail. There is a beer trail that they have. That's so that's cool. We did a couple of brewery crawls back in Australia in the city I lived in, and uh, they're a really good time. But it's like most of those places are like IPA centric, so it's like you don't make it too far through the list. Um, <laughs> yeah. You get like five, six or seven in, you're like, I'm starting to feel this. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every beer you try is like 9%. You're like, yeah. oh, God. Exactly, yeah. Yep. And then it's like, you just have like one or two at each place. But by the time you get like through like a couple of hours, you're like, I need to go home. Like, I'm done. Yeah, I, too much. Yeah. Do you guys have those like party buses that go have, go around all the breweries? Yeah. Yeah, we do. Uh, there's the one that's actually just like a party bus. It's just the bus itself. It's like a double-decker bus. And uh, they have like a bar on it that cruises around blasting music and stuff and people like hanging off the top of it wasted. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, that's fun. There's there's something similar to that around here where like you can um, you you pay like for like a ticket or whatever. And then like every 45 minutes or whatever, there's a bus that will take you to one spot and one spot, one spot, you know, and like they'll always also like drop you off. You need to be dropped off at like this like one spot, you know, like. So you just plan your night accordingly and you can go to, um, you know, park in one spot and then end up back at the last one you started at, you know, just in riding a bus all night. Yeah. San, Di- San Diego has the uh, party barge. There's like a, it's a Hawaiian themed bar, but it's just built on a barge and just cruises around the San Diego Harbor and you just drink. That's a like, million dollar idea. Yeah, it's got like tiki torches and everything. Like it's a great that's, idea. That's fucking rad. I like that. <laughs> But cool you guys up that way have the uh, the wine train up in Napa. It's, oh, yeah. Uh, it's like, that's a good idea. So it's a rail line that runs between all the uh, wineries. You can just get hammered and take the train around. Yeah. 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 That's, I mean, we also have the smart train. And I know a lot of people use the smart train for like getting to work, but I've met a lot of people that use it for like brewery crawls and everything because it starts in like Windsor and you can go all the way through Santa Rosa and then go all the way down to like San, San Francisco area, like where the huh. docks are. I mean, it doesn't go to San Francisco, but it goes to like Larkspur, which is where you take the ferry over to San Francisco. So nice. theoretically, you could start like up in like up in kind of near Napa and like take the train all the way down to like where you get on a ferry to go to San Francisco. And so, you know, you can do that kind of stuff if you want to use it to get fucked up all day. But it might be <laughs> hard to get home. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get on a ferry. Dang. <laughs> Brendan, did you have any of those other uh, fun questions you want to ask? Uh, um, we were talking about, I guess, partying and fun stuff. Um, did you guys have um, a special psychedelic moment that kind of brought on your album? Part one. A special psychedelic moment. Yeah. No. Uh, I mean, as far as like... I mean, I wrote I wrote all those songs like back when I first really started smoking a lot of weed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, and I was influenced by a lot of uh, like cadaver and truck fighters, uh, and nice. just kind of like just that really heavy, heavy bass tone, low and slow. But then I've always been super into thrash and Motorhead and stuff like that. So I wanted to incorporate all that stuff in where. It was like pentatonic scale stuff that anybody could play and anyone could enjoy and kind of bob their head to. And, but right. like the touch of like, but if you're stoned, it's even better. Like, 
you know, <laughs> like that kind of vibe. I like, I've, I've always wanted to try to incorporate that in a little bit, um, which sounds kind of cheesy, but it yeah, works. Yeah. It's not it like I did mushrooms one day and I'm like, I'm going to write an album, but like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it definitely, you know, uh, when you're, uh, inebriated it's i've found that it's a lot more fun to listen to and experience you know yeah yeah yep so, i definitely totally get that but not limited uh, to that you know right gotcha yeah. <laughs> yeah. when you guys were doing live shows uh what was what's your favorite uh cd to play live in probably well for me it's santa rosa that's where we played the most that's where we have the biggest response it's just hometown you know yeah 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 what's what's your favorite uh venue to play there it's a good question uh what do, I, what do you think i mean there was a brewery there's a lot of shows that happened there um were put on by a, a booking agency called bitter and booking um it used to be it was called three disciples but now it, it changed names it's changed owners uh it's called barrel proof but they have a lot of shows there it's it's very up and coming there are a lot of shows go on through there and it's getting pretty well known uh throughout the country as far as a place to play which is nice. great the scene is struggling right now. A lot of bands are bypassing the Bay Area and going to like Sacramento and where else? Uh, Sacramento. Uh, spot signal in nowhere. Eureka? No, I don't know. Arcata? That's pretty out there, but yeah, it's pretty out there. But <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So it's it's becoming a better name for bands are coming back to playing out here and stuff. I like guess so. That spot's pretty fun to play. And there there is a scene here. <laughs> yeah. 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 Definitely. Otherwise, it wouldn't be your favorite place to play. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's right. Yeah. It's it's definitely, we're struggling a little bit as a scene because a lot of venues just kind of open and close, open and close, or they take way too much of the door fee or something happens, you know? So it gets kind of, gets kind of fuzzy. Um, Yeah. I'd agree. Yeah. Three Disciples or Barrel Proof. That's fun. We played the Dirty sometimes. I like playing at the Dirty because it's always kind of a low key show. Like, it's just, it never really seems like, I mean, you can promote it and everything, but like that place has such a steady flow of just people coming in because it's a dive bar. It's yeah. Like, if you, I don't know if you guys have seen our new music video, but it's really, it's, it was shot there and it was like, it's like a really small venue. And have you guys heard of uh, Twin Wizard? Twin uh, Wizard? No, actually I haven't. You guys got to check out Twin Wizard. They're, uh, okay. so the drummer, the drummer of Telekinetic Yeti. Okay. That I've heard of. Yep, I've yeah, heard of them. He, like after they split, he started Twin Wizard and oh, I them. am following them. <laughs> yeah. And dude, they're incredible. We played with them. Their van broke down here about two weeks ago. And they were stuck here for about a week and a half on their tour. And uh they had nothing to do. And so we just hung out with them. Uh we played a show with them at the Dirty. Uh nice. It was a cool little fundraiser pop-up show. Like they recouped some of their um, you know, some of their lost money from their transmission blowing up and everything, but Oof. like, but just seeing a band like a two man band that with that much power and that much energy in such a small venue, yeah, and they do like their lights and everything, it's just really engaging and really well polished and uh, really awesome guys, too. And they like just seeing that, and that's what I like about the dirty is that it's so small. And you're just going to get like just a fucking punch to the face with whatever band plays in there. So Hell yeah. if you, uh, if a, you guys, if you guys ever come down to play San Diego, there's like uh, two places you should definitely play for that, for that exact reason. There's one called um, till two 
spa um which is like the most intimate you can kind of get it's like the stage is the size i'm trying to think what to compare it to it's like an elevator <laughs> it's, it's, it's so it's so small uh maybe a really big like an industrial elevator and then um the, it's only like half a foot off the ground so you kind of eye level height with the audience yeah. um and like the first time i walked in there i saw the stage i was like oh man like what's this going to be like but then i was like down in the front and the band played um and i was like holy shit this is like absolutely awesome it's like they're playing like right to you type thing um yeah, yeah it's very very cool i mean you make like eye contact with the band the whole, t- the whole time that you're playing with they're playing but yeah, oh, yeah really cool um and then there's another one that's bigger so it has like some decent sized bands come through but it's a smaller venue it's just it's a really cool venue called casbah oh yeah i know about the casbah yeah that's that's a really sweet spot i saw um do you know the uh like the 90s noise rock band unsane uh-uh. yeah okay um they played there recently and uh they're like a three-man band there's just like the two dudes uh one guitar one bass and then drummer but like the sound was absolutely enormous um totally. just awesome mm. it's good when a band like that has like a good pa set up in those little situations too because it's like yeah. you know Places like that that are so small, they're not usually like geared up for a really, really, really loud, crushing band. Right. So you got to make sure you have the right PA set up. But if you do, it sounds crazy. Like if you have a if you have a PA and a whole stage set up for like a big venue in a small venue, mm-hmm. it's fucking awesome. It's, yeah. Yeah, you can't go wrong. It's you got the intimate kind of face to face with the crowd, and then you also got just massive fucking sound. So. Yeah, dude. It's cool. Like when Twin Wizard play at the Dirty, dude, like there was this chick, she was all fucked up and she kept on walking up to the drummer and just throwing money at him <laughs> the whole time. She was, all fucking, she was hanging on my girlfriend and like headbanging and shit and she's all over the place, but she was throwing money at Tony and it's fucking cool. I like those little those little shows like that, you know? She came yeah. up to me to convince me that I was friends with her. Really? So like, all right, whatever. She's like, we're friends. Yeah. We're way back. We- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, all right, cool. I'm gonna go to my girlfriend now. Yeah, exactly. I'm not. I'm not. T- you're looking over at Tamara like Tamara. Nah. <coughs> Snapping too. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, who is this? Yeah. Dude, the cool, one of the coolest things about Casbah, if you ever go there, there's a high chance they'll be there. But every time I've ever been, there's this old couple. I want to say 70s, and they're at every show, and they're just like on the side of the stage watching and is having the best time, no matter what genre the music is. I was like, that's so cool. I want to be like. I want to be those people when I'm like in my seventies. That's right. hell yeah, dude. Yeah, I, like, saw, I saw TSOL at the Casbah. Ooh, and, uh, that cool. was, Yeah, that was an awesome show, dude. That was a long time ago, but that was I was really young. But that's a cool venue. I like that. It's a very cool venue. It's got like a really good vibe and a good sound system. It's got it's been around for like long time now. Hell yeah, that and uh, Brick by Brick. That Brick by Brick's the other like big San Diego and like every like every other metal band that tours through plays a Brick by Brick. I feel like I've heard of that place, probably from seeing it on a flyer or something, but yeah. But uh, yeah, they got pretty good. I, I'm kind of bummed at like the venue, the venue set up in like San Francisco. Just there's so many places just closing right now. It's like, oh, really? Yeah, the Bay Area is just like, that's the thing with like, like what he was saying about the scene and everything, like, uh, like with Barrel Proof and the Dirty and stuff, like when bands kind of bypass us, like they hit like Oakland and they you or they hit like San Diego or Oakland, whatever, and they come up through here and they get kind of bummed out because so many people here just don't 
have the money to properly really support and like buy a bunch of merch and stuff. So like, right. you know, but up here it's, it's cool. I mean, there's a place to do it and there's a place to play up here. It's like, just don't get discouraged by the city. Cause when we played, how much did we pay in parking that night when we played at hotel? I paid $60 oh. Oof. to park, to fucking park. And there's signs all up the fucking street that says, lock your doors. Your car is going to get broken yeah, into. There's, wow. there's like, Vagrants everywhere, like breaking the cars, and yeah, in broad daylight too. Not even at night, like just. I've heard that. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard a lot of reports about like how bad it's gotten with like break uh, smashing grabs and stuff. Well, dude, truck fighters, truck fighters won't come to San Francisco. It doesn't seem like they will, but like last time I saw them in San Francisco during their set, their van got broken into. They got their laptop stolen, like a bunch of shit stolen while oh. they were playing inside. So like, yeah, dude, that's shady as shit. Yeah, it That's, sucks. That sucks, like, Which is a bummer, being in a band, because, you know, like, when I was a kid growing up and everything, it's like, it, it was like, oh, man, I want to play, like, you know, you hear stories about Metallica and Testament and yeah. all those bands, like, playing all the thrash shows in the 80s in the city, and you're like, oh, dude, the city's the place to be, but it's not really yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're, not, they're not even coming to Oakland or San Francisco. They're going straight... Oh, Roseville was the other one. So they're going straight Roseville. to Roseville and Sacramento because the Hard Rock Cafe out there. Okay. Mm. Okay. All the shows out there. Yeah. So that's a bummer. Yeah. It's like San Francisco. From what I've seen, like San Francisco has been like really hurting from the uh, since COVID because the tech boom kind of went. Everyone went uh, remote, so a lot of those like uh, big office like leased spaces that all those tech companies had in San Francisco emptied out and. Uh, like the, all those businesses that were like selling food and stuff to like, you know, those, those office workers who are no longer there, like lost like the majority of their business. So they, I saw, I read this whole thing about they're trying to figure out what to do with these skyscrapers because they're at like 30% capacity and stuff in San Francisco downtown, which is crazy. Dude, that's actually a really good point. If any, if everyone's remote, let's put the homeless in there. Yeah. There that's what people were saying. They're like, yeah, turn it into like, lodging you know like get the homeless up into the you know fill like a skyscraper or two with like the homeless give them a place to live type thing while that's empty yeah but yeah i know that i heard somewhere that like australia did that where they or maybe it wasn't australia i don't know where or no i don't know anyway i heard recently that like some country or city like housed all the homeless during covid because they didn't want them out on the streets spreading covid and then when it was australia yeah and then when it wasn't wasn't safe anymore then or when it was safe again then they just kind of kicked them all out back on the street like yeah so you have the place to put them but not for very long it just i don't know they just don't want to do it yeah yeah basically shows that they, they can if they need to but they don't want to exactly which is like i don't know it's like I know that Australia is very liberal and everything, and but then you look at that kind of stuff, you're like, well, that's kind of fucked up, though, man. Like to do it that right. way, I give them a place to stay until you deem it not okay anymore. It's just I don't know. Well, the, 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 I mean, I don't want to get into it too much because I try to keep politics off this, but sure. Australia, Australia is viewed as like super liberal, but it's actually like in some ways it is, but in other ways it's it's very conservative. Totally, I don't yeah. know much about it. I just I've heard stuff like that. I'm like, that's kind of shitty to do to a bunch of people you know like right yeah you know, i mean they're like oh man finally some relief yeah yeah oh, sweet the other thing i saw people suggesting is like you know how like they shut down the cruises for so long and like cruises aren't very popular anymore and stuff since covid and all that stuff like 
house homeless people on cruise ships, like yeah. dock them in a harbor or something, and you know, you can, all those cabins are already set up for people to be in them. James, yeah. do you want pirates? Because that's how you get pirates. <laughs> Take over the cruise <laughs> ship and sail the seas. <laughs> Just early in the morning, you just see a ship just rolling away. You're like, no, <laughs> that's so much money they took over. Damn, the sailing around. Yeah, well, didn't that happen like in the beginning of COVID, where they were like they put everyone on a cruise ship or something? They were oh, cruise ship. I think they got COVID on a cruise ship and they couldn't leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah they, they got, got stuck they in got the harbor for like weeks. Yeah, they, that they would quarantined. Be a nightmare. So there was like that, that happened because like. um there was one cruise ship that they should have stopped when COVID first started and they didn't. And so they basically just like sent this whole boatload of people with COVID into one of the cities and just let them loose into the city. Um, and it just spread everywhere. So then the second time they're like, Oh, we got to make up for it and like show that we're cracking down. So they just wouldn't let anyone off for weeks. And that was all trapped on this like cruise ship sick. I mean, you can't be much of a germaphobe if you're going on a cruise in the first place. So exactly. You know, like, that's the only thing I've ever heard about cruises is like, you're going to get sick. It's like, it's just circulating air through all the cabins. Every, if yeah. one person's sick, you're going to get sick. And it's all like buffet food as well. So everyone's like grabbing the same food and stuff. It's all like served from the yeah. same spaces. Oh, gross. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> Brendan, you got any other uh, questions or you, is that the ones oh, you had prepared? I don't, is In-N-Out Burger really all the hype? <laughs> I would say it is, but Jared's a vegan, so I don't know what he thinks. What do you think of In and Out Burger as a vegan? Because I've never asked you actually. Well, not only is it, it's Christian as well. So. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it's not Jared's spot then. Not my forte, but yeah. I prefer a place called Malibu Burgers in Oakland. Nice. Okay. Vegan place. That's like if you. We take people there and they eat it and they think it's great and then you tell them it's vegan and they're surprised. But I still gotta oh, go there. It's people nice. still like people think it's meat. They don't. They don't, they don't yeah. realize it's vegan. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Didn't you say that you'll go to you'll go to Oakland just to go there? Yeah, I, I drive. I drive to Oakland, which is about over an hour, <laughs> an hour drive just to eat and just drive home. <laughs> there's a there's a place that you should try if you're ever in Australia called um, Lord of the Fries, and they um, they have like a whole vegan menu that's like. If no one tells you for a minute there, you might not even realize type thing. It's, it's good. They do like hot dogs and burgers. Oh, sweet. Huh. The fries. That's awesome. Yeah, great name. <laughs> Dude, yeah, I got to check that out. I would say if you're not vegan and you don't really mind giving your money to crazy Christians, <laughs> uh, yeah, and that's great. <laughs> it's like, it's fucking great. I, I love it. I grew up on it. You know, I, I remember back when I was a kid, like, Every show we would go to, my dad would take me to back when I was younger and I was a teenager. On the way back, in and out was always open. They're open till like 2 a.m., 1 a.m., something like yep. that. Yep. Yeah, open super late. Yeah, and it's uh, it's perfect for that. But, I mean, when they opened in Santa Rosa here, I applied for a job and didn't get the job because I had long hair and I wasn't going to cut it. So uh, I told myself, like, yeah, I'm going to eat here every day. Now that there's an in and out right up the street, I'm going to go there every day. And I think I did it for maybe three days. <laughs> like, no, I can't do it anymore, man. It's too much. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. but it's, it's good. It's good. Nostalgic California burger kind of stuff, but right. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty good though. Cause like my, it. my wife is like one of those Californians that's like in and out is the greatest thing ever type thing that 
um sure. her family a lot of stuff as well so there's a lot of people that like californians that will like die defending in and out um yeah. But like for me, the main issue is like I, I I'm way more of like a chicken sandwich person than I am like a beef burger. So like for me, it's the fact that they they only do the, the beef patty that's like deters me from going there more often. Totally. Yeah. I um I know they don't have many options. I know that there's like lore about other options. Like there's the monkey burger. The secret menu item. items. Yeah. And I've tried ordering those <laughs> before and they look at me like I'm like <laughs> like I'm stupid. I'm like, can I get a monkey burger? And they're like, the fuck is a monkey burger? <laughs> you know? Maybe there's I like mean, there's like one dude at each store that knows the items, and he's like, uh, like the law keeper in the back has got like a hood on and stuff, and like he asked for the monkey burger. He's like, I'll make it. Exactly. Well, that's the thing. The monkey burger is just a double double with fries on it. And I, oh, really? I, I'm like, that sounds fucking awesome. It's just a double double with fries. And I asked for it, and they said. We don't know what that is. And I told them, I'm like, it's a, it's a double-double with fries on it. Why don't you order fries and put it on your burger? Yeah, and then they said that. They're like, why don't you order fries? I guess I could. It's just harder. <laughs> thanks uh, thanks for the customer service. Yeah. <laughs> this is fast food, man. I'm not just throw them on there. And they're like, no, we're not going to. <laughs> I'll do it. And I did it. And they should have it on the menu. And they don't. So... <laughs> Have you ever had like a, an experience where like you've asked for a customization on something and you've gone like absolute sass from the like the the person at the counter? Like so like my my wife doesn't like tomato on burgers, neither do I. Um, but I just pull it off on you. And we're at this place and we asked for like, you know, just no tomato on the burger. And the person's like, why? I was like, <laughs> well, like, why does that matter? Like <laughs> why? But I like it. Why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is like the weirdest question to ask a customer. Like, why? Like, I was just like, because she she doesn't like it, and he's like, oh, okay, well, so it's not an allergy thing. I was like, no. I was like, all right. I was like, okay. He's been interrogating you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, dude. Uh, how about how about because I go to work forty hours a week for money, and I'm giving you some of my money for you to do something for me, like put take the tomatoes off the fucking burger. Like, <laughs> just do it man like exactly right it's like it's not even it's not even him doing it that's the thing it's like someone in the kitchen does it like all you do is press a button that says no tomato just like press the button yeah boom <laughs> the person in the kitchen's just like shorting out like what but why <laughs> this is my job i'm supposed to do this, this they're supposed to go on there first they want monkey burger then they want no tomato fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. dude yeah. What? they get super sassy with that shit like i've, I've run into that plenty of times just like, I, i'm totally fine if the place has like no substitutions because i get that there's some places that do that and if that's your policy i fully support it i get it you want to churn stuff out you don't want to make it complicated and, like one of my favorite burger places in the whole world is the place called the friendly there's five items on the menu absolutely no substitutions um it's a smash burger so it's like messy but it's just awesome and then the chefs literally just yell your name as loud as they can from the kitchen like aggressively to come get it and if you don't get it they just keep shouting it um, but that's the type of place and like you go there because you want that experience and like they have a burger called the shit kicker if it tells you anything about the place so yeah <laughs> Dude, where's that place that's in san diego yeah it's if you're yeah. down here like definitely hit it up it's like you get a, a burger that's one of the best cheeseburgers you've had in your whole life but it's like super basic and it's like it costs you like five bucks damn that's awesome. that. do you guys like bon me sandwiches you ever had those love yeah that. absolutely me love too. it uh, yeah. yes I uh, I spend a month in Vietnam, so I, I 
I smashed a lot of uh, bun me sandwiches. Dude, they're so fucking good. I one plus cross from uh, barrel fruit. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah, the um, what is it? Golden bun? Yeah. Yeah, dude, I haven't been to that one yet. I just, I mean, I had one like a year ago, and then recently I had another one. Tried to get my girlfriend in on it, and she wasn't into it, but ah, I'm all about it, dude. Because they're like, yeah. no matter where you go, it's like it's six bucks for 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 the sandwich. yeah. Yeah. No matter what, but so I I actually live in like the part of San Diego I live in is actually like a couple of streets down from like what they call just Chinatown. Um, so it's like all Vietnamese, Chinese, Korean, Japanese, any type of like Asian cuisine basically you can think of is there. So there's nice. like 50 Vietnamese places, but like, there's one right down the street from my place where you can get a bun mi for like five bucks or six bucks, and yeah. uh, it's just it. awesome. I always get it with the um, smashed pork meatballs. It's like they just take a they cook those like. Big meatballs and just smash them up into like a ground meat type thing and just lay it across the the bun meat that's good. That sounds fucking bomb. Huh. Yeah. I've only had like traditional kind of style <laughs> bun meats. Yeah. Yeah. Jared, Jared's like, you should get the monkey bun me. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, okay. Yeah. They're like, oh, that's no problem. I'm like, really? Yeah, that's no problem. <laughs> just send a guy out to internet to pick up the fries and bring it back for you. Yeah, exactly. Fuck. They, that is one thing about In and Out. They got really good fries. I think. I don't really. Know. That's the one thing I, I hate about In and Out. That's that's funny. Like it's yep. uh, that's the some some people hate it and some people love it. And it's all it's a fresh French fry. They cut it like right then and there, right? They do. For me, though, it's like I just don't understand how they make it so dry. Like I don't understand how the potato is <laughs> that physically dry. Like yeah, it's this the style of potato they're using. It is. It is. It's the thing. It's, it's the way they do it. So you either love it or you hate it. Totally. I love it. I mean, you got to eat it right away, but yeah, yeah, it doesn't let it sit and they get, they go from dry to extremely soggy and like, yeah, they're not talking fries. They're eating fries. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. It's got to get a little thing and like pour it into your mouth. It's great. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I was just looking at, we're actually coming up on time, Brendan. Do you have any other ones there? Uh, No, I'm good. We're good. Cool. We just got a couple of last few questions for you guys then. Um, What are uh, a couple of albums that came out in the last like sort of year or so that you guys have been jamming? What what have you been enjoying the last uh, last year or so? I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to look at my my, <laughs> my playlist to see what I've been listening to. But uh, actually, right now I'm more like grindcore right now. So nice. I've been listening to this Japanese Japanese grindcore band called uh, Pharmacist. Okay. Oh yeah. It's so sick. It's very carcass like. You should um, check out our charity sampler we just put out there. We just did a, a thirty, uh, sorry, forty-four track grindcore sampler mm-hmm. of like different bands from around the world. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. It's called uh, "Violence Against Violence." It's on our Bandcamp. Oh, I'll check it out then. I'll put it check it out right now. Sweet. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's it's not raising funds anymore, but we were raising funds for uh, Doctors Without Borders, and all the proceeds went to that. Oh, awesome. Mm-hmm. So are you guys still doing the the Doom one for us to we could submit a song for that if Yeah, it's um so it's Mind Over Metal. It's uh it's like a cross genre one. So anyone can submit like within the middle spectrum basically yeah. and the rock spectrum. Um so yeah, we'd love to have you guys on that <laughs> if you want to contribute a track to that one. Hell yeah. Oh, I think yeah, it's gonna to. be the biggest one we've ever done this year. Yeah, it's probably gonna be uh maybe even like 80 or 90 artists. That's we've never done one that big, but just we, we put up the uh submission form and within seven days we had like 50 submissions, which is like Damn. insane. Um so yeah, people are really behind it this year. So we're gonna do a really big special edition, probably gonna have some merch attached to it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. I have a um an artist that's uh I'm friends with and she's 
working on some uh, sleeves for a long sleeve shirt for us. And then, yep. uh, yeah. And then the album art uh, was uh, done by the guy. Uh, the guy who did the album art actually did album art for Infested. He's a grindcore legend. Like he's done like a ton of like grindcore um, album art. He did it for the the power violence and grindcore sampler we did. And he, he sold us another piece for this one. So we're going to stick with him. Uh, his artwork's going to be on the cover for this one too. So it's, it's cool black and white, like grindy type stuff. Nice. That's sick. That's cool. Yeah. I uh, I actually just looked at my little playlist. I was, uh, I, I've been super into uh, Rickshaw Billy's Burger Patrol. Nice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys <laughs> yeah. Are sick. Yeah. Those guys. Uh, let me think. Um, I actually just recently, like in the past couple uh, of weeks, got into like yeah. some of like the newer, newer death metal and uh, 200 stab wounds. I don't know. Yes. Them, but Great absolutely. Band. Great band. Amazing band. Yeah. Those guys go super hard, man. Those guys. Played to the scalpel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that album I've been having mm-hmm. on repeat. It's just uh, stupidly groovy. That's what it makes it so much I fun. I love the way it makes my car feel. Totally. <laughs> yeah. Really low end and it really punches. I, I great, really like great it. live too. If you ever get a chance to catch them live, definitely do it. Totally. I yeah. will. Yeah, those yeah, those We're guys cattle and black raid, I think. Around here? Yeah. It's coming up. Oh, that's a big tour. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you have a fun time. That'll be a good. That'll be a good show. Like uh, that that Black Bright tour is gonna be good. Yeah, I'm looking. I love that band. We're well, yeah, we're gonna try and get him on the show. So hopefully that will happen. That uh, it'd be cool to talk to him. He's got like an interesting story behind his project. Oh, does he? Yeah, they um, it's like the whole the whole Native American story. How he uh, I, I don't want to say like too much because I don't know the whole thing off the top of my head and get it wrong. But I'm, I'm fairly sure he was adopted. Um, and uh still ties into that culture of his and he didn't incorporate it all into his music to tell, I guess, uh, like his, the tribe he's connected with story. Oh, wow. Okay. That's sick. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I've been, I've been into just a little bit of death metal, a little bit of hardcore, a little bit of, uh, Gwen Stefani. Gwen Stefani. Yep. You know, go and mix it up. Like that, you know, absolutely solid, solid stuff, you know, kind of <laughs> underground. Um, <laughs> But uh, it's probably you to know that. Yeah, surprised you to know that. But uh, um, but yeah, just uh, that kind of just stuff here and there. I'm into something new every week, so I mean, it's us too. Yeah. Um, but I absolutely twin twin wizard. Check them out for sure. Uh, if you haven't heard of Cadabra, you should check them out too. Um, they're from Spokane, Washington. Um. And they're just super, super groovy stone rock, um, kind of like blues. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's plenty of good shit out there. There's something new every week for anyone. So, oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, yeah, I've got two more questions for you. Then one is going to put you on the spot. I'm sorry, it's an ambush question, but uh, if you stuck on a desert island with a solar powered discman and three CDs, what would those three CDs be? Huh. <laughs> that's an ambush that is an uh, ambush yeah. question yeah yeah we, i ask everyone this one it always like stumps up. some people like are amazing it's like within three seconds they just fire one off i'm like damn you had that like, <laughs> right yeah, in the back I'm, of your brain they some knew. People are like i need some time <laughs> i would for me i'd say probably um truck fighters gravity x i really like that album um mm-hmm. cadaver uh rough times and um probably the first sabbath album i guess nice. <laughs> I don't know. something like that 
Nice. Let's say mine are all going to be metal, of course. But... Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> uh, Amorphous, Tales from a Thousand Lakes. Nice. Uh, Catatonia's Discouraged Ones. Nice. And I'm going to go with My Dying Brides, Turn Loose of Swans. Awesome. Good selection. So you like your Doom Death, huh? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I love that 90s, uh, 90s Doom Death stuff, the peaceful stuff. Yeah, I got into metal in the 90s, so I was like right there in it, so... What do you think of uh, that first Catatonia album, the Dance of December Souls one? Uh, I'm a huge Catatonia fan. I actually have their logo tattooed on my arm. So. Oh, nice. Sure. Uh, I Yeah, whatever they put out, I'm... That's beautiful. awesome. I love the progression they did from, to where they are now. Yeah, same with My Dying Bride, too. I love like, the, watching, like, following their journey along. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, that that album, A Map of All Our Failures, like that was one of their best albums, in my opinion. They finally got to, it's like a funeral doom direction. Like, I love that album. Yeah, that's a great album. And I love the new, the latest one, too. I need to revisit that one because, like, I gave it a spin and I was like, oh, this is pretty good. But I, I actually need to, like, yeah, sit did, down give and give it a listen. Yeah, give it another shot. Um, mm. That's what I did. And uh, it blew me away. They haven't, they haven't really done like a bad album, honestly. Like, they've, they've just had. There are some that I'll definitely like more than others, but I'd say they've been pretty consistent, like right through. Yeah, they're the what thirty three point eight eight percent complete. That was, you know, a little experimental electronic album because, but yeah, that era, that was that era where bands are playing with stuff and everyone was trying to like go the electronic way a little bit. Um, yeah, <laughs> a few bands did that. Some didn't survive. <laughs> Others did so. But then they, they had it like they came straight back after that. Like the Dreadful Hours is one of my favorite albums of theirs. And that, that was like that album is amazing. It's such a creepy album. <laughs> it is. It is. That the actual like the title track from that was like unsettling about it's like uh wasn't it about like being abused by your parents or something at, at night? Sounds about right though. <laughs> yeah. Um, like, you like catatonia, you're all just show him your arm he's like blasted on his arm like yeah definitely i'm pretty biased that's awesome (laughs) i had never listened to them before because he he's super into like a lot of extreme shit and all that Uh more into well not more but like i'm i'm mostly into just groove bluesy kind of stuff okay uh i'd never listened to him because i thought okay it's just gonna be blast beats and just blast beats. It's I, I figured it was just gonna be like black metal, and right. I listened to it, and I was uh, pleasantly surprised. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, I actually um, helped Brendan get into uh, death metal as well because he hadn't had too much, but we went to Maryland Death Fest last year, and that mm. kind of conver- converted him. Oh, yeah, right. I had the crash course. It was <laughs> great. <laughs> I had like, uh, oh, well, I mean, I did like enjoy like death metal and and such but i wasn't really into it i wasn't like a big fan of like the gory kind of stuff i was more into like the sci-fi kind of weirdness and um i like i grew up listening to like hardcore and and like stuff like that you know i was like punk and all that fun stuff and like i liked it really heavy and then um i was always like a big fan of sludge metal you know and whatnot and then um James was like, you know, check out this band, blah, 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 blah. I think this is more of like what you're you're looking for. And then all of a sudden I'm like, oh man. And I have a real big appreciation for death metal now. Like before I used to just be like, it's just a bunch of gore and they're singing about piss and shit and like, <laughs> you know, and like, yeah. But now, now, now I, I really fucking love it. And um, now like, you know, 200 stab wounds, like 
they're that kind of shit. I'm like, before I'd be like, I don't really like this. I don't even want to give it a chance. And now I'm like, fucking rips. I love it. <laughs> yeah. You can Dude, it's just like me from my face to my chin, whatever. You know, you're just like, yep, all right. <laughs> I yeah. got you. Fucking Dude, like, do it. <laughs> their tempo changes and like their, like, like the technicality in their songs is just mm. so fucking good. It's just, yeah. yeah, it's, it's it, like they go from like a swinging kind of beat to like a, it's, yeah, that it just, it's always just evolving from songs. Yeah. It's like it all sounds pretty similar, but it's like, yeah, so groovy. I've been it. like a old school death metal guy for over a decade. So for me, it's like always been like the 90s and 80s stuff. Like, um, I always go back to like, obituary and like uh that that era stuff like morbid angel all that type of thing and i've i've absolutely loved the last like five to probably five to ten years is like that massive revival movement of the old school sound yeah um there's just been so many absolutely awesome bands yeah necrot's an example and like undergang um they're doing like the finnish style stuff even there from denmark like um yeah there's just so many good like up and coming bands that are just playing that old school filthy style because for a while there like in the 2000s to 2010 it got like kind of overproduced um it went to like the death call direction type thing um yeah. and then they, they like completely brought it back again in the last decade it's been awesome totally. have you heard worm yet yeah 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 that, that's good nothing is, yeah blue nothing is amazing i uh yeah. had that on right my on. end of the year list <laughs> Yeah, oh, that wasn't okay. a lot of people's end of year lists. That yeah, was and the, the, the album they put out the year before, um, or two years before, I can't remember now, Foreverglade. Yeah. It was really fucking good. Have you listened to uh, Leper Colony yet? That album that came out uh, this year? Is that the is that the band? Band yeah. and album, uh, band and album. It's like a, it's kind oh, of like cool. a, it's like a side project supergroup kind of thing featuring a bunch of dudes from other older bands. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And they just did this really album good. that's like straight up just early '90s, late '80s, uh, like thrash death type thing. It's awesome. It's so good. Oh, Leopard Colony. Yeah. Yeah. yeah trans, definitely uh, check that out. Transcending Obscurity Records. Oh, I've I've seen his album cover. Yeah, I know it's getting a lot of hype. Yeah, it's it's that. it's good. If you like the old school stuff, you'll love that. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um. Okay. So just wrapping up on time wise, I have one more question for you guys. Um. If people want to give you guys a follow or listen to your stuff, what are the best places to do both of those things? Uh, we got Bandcamp. We got we're on Spotify. We're on all the streaming platforms. We got YouTube. Uh, you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Dear Lord Seven Hundred Seven. Um, we got a link tree in there, so you can just click that in our bio, and you can see everything on there. Awesome. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for coming on the show. I uh, really appreciate you guys taking the time. Uh, we kept you a little longer than we planned to, but thanks for sticking around and chatting with us. Um, and if you do a part two, we'd love to have you back on to talk about that. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks sure. for having us, dude. We're pre- we appreciate it. And sorry, Ryan couldn't get here. Maybe we, when we do part two, we can schedule it a little better. And <laughs> yeah. Thank you to everyone listening at home as well. And uh, tune in next week for another guest.